Pag hindi kayo sumuko, lalo kayong mapapasubo Baka tuluyan na kayong di matuntun I am Mark and welcome to the first episode of the Sagittarian Project a history podcast featuring readings of published works, digital or in print, on the dark years of Marcus's martial law in the Philippines. We are launching this podcast today, September 21, 2021, the 49th anniversary of the imposition of martial law. Our first reading is from a book called The Conjugal Dictatorship of Ferdinand and Imelda Marcos, Written by Primitivo Mejares. But first, some thank yous. We would like to thank the Ateneo de Manila University Press and the heirs of Primitivo Mejares for allowing us to use the book as one of this podcast's source materials. This book, as written on the back cover of the revised and annotated edition, quote, reports on the best laid plans that paved the way to the Philippines' dark history, the imposition of martial law in 1972 and the schemes that built and held its infrastructure. Now, who is Primitivo Mijares? Primitivo Tibo Mijares was Ferdinand Marcos's prized, quote-unquote, media czar, the chief propagandist of the administration until his defection in 1975. Orphaned at a young age after his parents' murder by the Japanese during World War II, Thibault became the youngest editor of the now-defunct Baguio Midland Courier in 1950. A year later, he moved on to the Manila Chronicle where he covered all the major beats while pursuing law studies at the Lyceum of the Philippines graduating in 1960. He passed the bar in the same year. In 1972, Thibault moved to the Marcos-controlled Daily Express and assumed the presidency of the National Press Club of the Philippines and chairperson of the Media Advisory Council, effectively becoming, in his own words, quote, the sole conduit between the military government and the practicing media, end quote. In 1975, Thibault defected. He knew too much and so informed a congressional committee in the United States in June 1975. Despite Marcos's efforts to stop its publication, The Conjugal Dictatorship was published in 1976. A year after the publication of the book, Thibault was never heard from again and was declared legally dead years later. He is survived by his wife, three children, ten grandchildren, and five great-grandchildren. Thibault's youngest son, Luis Manuel, nicknamed Boyet, was abducted, tortured, and later found murdered and mutilated in 1977 as a result of the publication of The Conjugal Dictatorship. He was 16 years old. Now on to our first episode's reading. We are reading from the introduction pages of the book The Conjugal Dictatorship by Primitivo Mejares. This book is unfinished. The Filipino people shall finish it for me. I wrote this volume very, very slowly. 
I could have done it within three months after my defection from the conjugal dictatorship of Ferdinand de Nimel de Marcos on February 20, 1975. Instead, I found myself availing of every excuse to slow it down. A close associate, Marcelino P. Sarmiento, even warned me. Baka mapanis yan. While I availed of almost any excuse not to finish the manuscript of this volume, I felt the tangible voices of a muted people back home in the Philippines, beckoning to me from across the vast Pacific Ocean. In whichever way I turned, I was confronted by the distraught images of the Filipino multitudes crying out to me to finish this work. Lest the frailty of human memory or any incident a la nalundasan consigned to oblivion the matters I had in mind to form the vital parts of this book. It was as if the Filipino multitudes in history itself were surging in an endless wave, presenting a compelling demand on me to perpetuate the personal knowledge I have gained on the infamous machinations of Ferdinand E. Marcos and his overly ambitious wife, Imelda, that led to a day of infamy in my country, that Black Friday on September 22, 1972, when martial law was declared as a means to establish history's first conjugal dictatorship. The sense of urgency in finishing this work was also goaded by the thought that Marcos does not have eternal life and that the Filipino people are of unimaginable forgiving posture. I thought that if I did not perpetuate this work for posterity, Marcos might unduly benefit from a Laurelian statement that when a man dies, the virtues of his past are magnified and his faults are reduced to molehills. This is a book for which so much has been offered and done by Marcos and his minions so that it would never see the light of print. Now that it is off the press, I entertain greater fear that so much more will be done to prevent its circulation, not only in the Philippines but also in the United States. But this work now belongs to history. Let it speak for itself in the context of developments within the coming months or years. Although it finds great relevance in the present life of the Filipinos and of Americans interested in the study of subversion of democratic governments by apparently legal means, this work seeks to find its proper niche in history, which must inevitably render its judgment on the seizure of government power from the people by a lame-duck Philippine president. If I had finished this work immediately after my defection from the totalitarian regime of Ferdinand de Nimelda, or after the vicious campaign of the dictatorship to vilify me from July to August 1975, then I could have done so only in anger. Anger did influence my production of certain portions of the manuscript. However, as I put the finishing touches to my work, I found myself expurgating it of the personal venom, the virulence, and the intemperate language of my original draft. Some of the materials that went into this work had been of public knowledge in the Philippines. If I had used them, it was with the intention of utilizing them as links to heretofore unrevealed facets of the various ruses that Marcos employed to establish his dictatorship.
Now I have kept faith with the Filipino people. I have kept my rendezvous with history. I have with this work discharged my obligation to myself, my profession of journalism, my family, and my country. I had one other compelling reason for coming out with this work at the great risks of being uprooted from my beloved country, of forced separation from my wife and children and losing their affection, and of losing everything I have in my name in the Philippines, or losing life itself. It is that I wanted to make a public expiation for the little influence that I had exercised on the late Don Eugenio Lopez into handpicking a certain Ferdinand E. Marcos as his candidate for the presidency of the Philippines in the elections of 1965. Would the Filipinos be suffering from a conjugal dictatorship now if I had not originally planted in Lopez's consciousness in 1962 that Marcos was the quote-unquote unbeatable candidate for 1965. To the remaining democracies all over the world, this book is offered us a case study on how a democratically elected president could operate within the legal system and yet succeed in subverting that democracy in order to perpetuate himself and his wife as conjugal dictators. I entertain no illusions that my puny work would dislodge Ferdinand and Imelda from their concededly entrenched position. However, history teaches us that dictators always fall, either on account of their own corrupt weight or sheer physical exhaustion. I am hopeful that this work would somehow set off or contribute to the ignition of a chain reaction that would compel Marcos to relinquish his vice-like dictatorial grip on his own countrymen. When the Filipino is then set free and could participate in cheerful cry over the restoration of freedom and democracy in the Philippines, that cry shall be the fitting finish to this, my humble work. So that concludes the introduction part of the book. You can download a digital copy of this book from theconjugaldictatorship.com or purchase a printed copy from Ateneo de Manila University Press and select bookstores. We would also like to thank Gary Granada for allowing us to use My Aro Rin Kayo, a song from Lian, a Filipino musical. Thank you for listening to the Sagittarian Project. For now, we are on Spotify. Please subscribe to this podcast to get notified when new episodes come out. See you in the next episode. Kapag hindi kayo sumuko, lalo kayong mapapasubo, pakatuluyan na kayong di matuntun. Kahit saan kayo magtago, kung may ulo ay may pako, pakatuluyan na kayong maiba.